0: You are listening to Culture Machine Live, a podcast series dedicated to discussions of culture and theory. To find out more about the open access electronic journal Culture Machine, visit www.culturemachine.net. So, I'm talking today with Alessandro Ludovico, who is an artist, a media critic, and the editor in chief of Neural Magazine since 1993. He has published and edited several books and has lectured worldwide. He's one of the founders of Mac.net, an electronic cultural policies organization, and he also served as an advisor for the Documenta 12's magazine project. He has been guest researcher at the Willem de Koning Academy in Rotterdam, and he teaches at the Academy of Art in Carrera. He's one of the authors of the Hacking Monopolism trilogy of artworks, which includes Google Will Eat Itself, Amazon Noir, and face to Facebook. You recently published your new book, Post-Digital Print, the mutation of publishing since 1894. Could you explain shortly what you actually mean with this term or concept, post-digital print?
1: Well, there's a lot of use of the post-digital word for defining mainly entire fields of culture that uh, are almost naturally including digital technologies, finally, after 20 years. And uh, in this respect, they don't look, feel, perceive, um, discuss digital as such, not anymore as a change, but as something which they take, can take for granted and they start to discuss what's happening now when the majority of people take digital technologies for granted, especially which kind of cultural effects and social effects it means. In the specific case of print, um, this means that The the dichotomy between the traditional print and the digital print is maybe slowly going to an end in terms that traditional print has used digital technologies since the end of the 80s, so since a bit more than 20 years now. Being more and more dependent and being more and more uh, reflecting digital technologies in its own um, modalities of production in its own aesthetic in the graphic design layout in the distribution channels and so on. On the other side um, the purely digital publishing has evolved from being a very small niche for uh, computer savvy people to being uh, more than an option for publishing, even uh, um, uh, considered to be the future of publishing in one embodiment or the other. So, But this scenario uh, is going to merge in a way. There's no clear the border between these two um, scenarios is going to be blurred and to disappear. That's my humble opinion about that. So that's where the post-digital print starts. Uh, When we stop to consider traditional print as uh, a tradition and established um, rules, uh, modalities of production, eventually even to preserve as they are or to defend and we stop to consider digital publishing as uh, uh, something new that still has to be mature and to be accepted as officially officially as a way of publishing and we start to consider both uh, as uh, part of the same scenario Um, sharing characteristics, uh, attitudes, uh, uh, techniques especially, and uh, merging their respective fields, creating something which probably isn't completely new, but it slowly starts to mutate. That's also why the title uh, of the book. Uh, so, for me, post to print, it's uh, shortly what's happening now and what's going to happen uh, to print technologies and uh, attitudes at
0: large. Great, thank you. Um, so the second question, um, in your book one of the things that is clearly stated on the book cover and also in the afterword is that you reread the history of print media essay and I quote cutting through of the so-called dichotomy between paper and electronics, end of quote. So you want to break through this dichotomy between print and digital, stating that, as you quote, said, uh, print and digital are getting married. They have become hybrids. However, reading your book, um, it seems that in many ways, you are unable to really escape this dichotomy too. Um, And you even seem to reinforce it in some places. For instance, in the extensive list you made at the end of the book, as a kind of addendum, which was entitled print versus electrons. So this kind of backs the question, um, are we in our current cultural condition really able to break through the oppositions that still seem to divide print and the digital?
1: actually the the main aim of the book was to um, build a, the, the the richest possible background onto which start to think imagine hopefully envision the post digital print so um, you're right. There, there, there's a lot about this dichotomy in terms that uh, because there's not a lot yet uh, about this hybridization, the marriage is a joke. Uh, getting married, I always say that they, they used to date. Now they are getting married. That's exactly when when the problem starts. So uh, that's only to to explain that. Uh, this merging, this and the end of this big dichotomy—it's really what's happening now. But uh, it's not easy at all, nor technically, nor culturally, nor socially. Um, and uh, hybrids are the first thing that are um, happening at the moment. Uh, but there are only a few which are worth to mention. Uh, there's a lot of hybrids which are just claimed to be hybrids but actually they uh, take what the majority of um, mass media printed publications are doing uh, being either journals or or, um, newspapers or magazines or books uh, they are just reinforcing this dichotomy um, just trying to uh, uh, at at the same time trying to engage with new paradigms, but they are not able to express new paradigms. They are just reinforcing this dichotomy, engaging with the other side, so the the other half of the marriage, so to say. Um, But these hybrids are for me the most valuable signals. Just to make one example, um, there's a book which has been crowdfunded and it's an art book about generative art. It has been done in a very interesting way, which is that those uh, editors acquired the code of each work, the uh, programming code. And what they did then was to run the code of each work, have the output of the code, and assembling automatically all the outputs of all these artworks, automatically putting them in a book together with the text which are fixed, and and not, not completely fixed, some of them are also variable, and then print it. In this way you have a unique book every time it's printed, of course because it's generated, and at the same time, you have a very classic book because the quality of the book is very good. It's not uh, the, the low quality digital one. So if you buy it, you would think that it's a, like any other book you could find in a nice art book source. And at the same time, the book is perfectly reflecting what it is about. So in a way, it's, it closes the circles. In this sense, this is a nice hybrid, because it's totally embodying the process that's behind the book, but at the same time the outcome it's perfectly consistent with the book form. So it's a static book which isn't changing, but it's a, a, a um, it's unique. It you have just your book would never be like any other print of the same of that same book. Yeah. So, for me, that is a very interesting hybrid, hybrid um, which breaks, finally, this dichotomy. Um, the only thing I want to add, it's about the addendum, print versus elections. Actually, the versus, uh, again, is tricky because uh, it's explained as differences and similarities. So I didn't want to state the differences, to, s- to reinforce the concept that digital publishing and traditional publishing are different, the opposite. To uh, have, to, to underline how they share a lot. And especially uh, making this uh, two columns, one next to each other, how definitions that we use for traditional, I mean, uh, technical because m- most of them are just uh, technical terms that we use for the two different words are just uh, are explaining the same thing but just apply to the specific domain so again um, this dichotomy was uh, the excuse to document how it has been done for many years some some times even uh, um, even broken by some vision in the past, by artists, by um, radical predictioneers, but to um, describe—I mean—to make a, a very rich background onto which um, build the post-digital yeah. vision.
0: All right. So, you are an artist and an activist known for, as mentioned before, highly subversive projects such as Google Eat Itself, Amazon Noir and Face to Facebook. Um, first of all, could you say something about these projects and expanding on that, uh, and you've already mentioned one example. What role you see for post-digital print projects to similarly question, disturb and subvert existing hegemonic and exploitative practices and institutions. Um, Do you have examples of projects that you think deploy the strengths of exactly this post-digital print condition to such an extent?
1: I think for the last question, probably this book was the the most evident one, but there are also a few others. Um, Talking about this trilogy, um, Hacking monopolies. Mm. the three projects uh, weren't aimed to be a trilogy in the beginning. We made Google with itself and then it was it was very successful as a project, which also surprised me because it was the first uh, serious artwork I made and I haven't made them alone. Uh, there are a few characteristics that are shared among these projects. The first is that they have been done by group of people. The first two by four persons, the last one by two persons. And uh, I really think that their potential was exploited because we were a group and so we were really um, contributing a lot, all of us, to every aspect of those artworks. Uh, and I personally think that... Uh, Generally speaking, especially in contemporaneity, uh, the, m- the most interesting artworks are usually made by team, not, not by the single artist, which is exactly what the contemporary art market is looking for but that 's another, another topic uh, too big to be discussed uh, in my uh, Another characteristic is that all three of them are hacks to three uh, monopolies, to three major online business, uh, and are hacks which much more than technical hacks are conceptual hacks. Um, they are hacking them through bugs they are, that are embedded in their system because the systems they have to build are so complex. So there are, I'm sure there are many other bugs which could eventually be exploited. I'm saying that because they, uh, often they are perceived as technical hacks, clever technical hacks, but actually I insist that for all three of them you could uh, you could apply the same idea instead of writing a PHP script as we did, manually, and it would work. It would just take more time, of course, but it would work for all of them. Um, among uh, those three, Amazon One is probably the closest one to the post digital print thing because what we did was to exploit the uh, search inside the book feature of Amazon.com in order to uh, reconstruct the whole text of the book. For me, uh, I thought uh, I was thinking about Amazon applying this uh, extreme marketing. This is another common. Uh, trade among all these, those three projects. All, of, uh, all the three of them are in a way attacking the extreme marketing techniques those online uh, giants are using. In um, uh, particularly, for in Amazon, uh, this marketing was for me even more extreme because they are re- through the searches you can do. Uh, if the search inside the book feature is uh, applied to the book you are searching, actually, you can really read the real book, uh, parts of it. Uh, I'm I, I defining it like um, a kind of uh, peep show because you can see parts of the book, you can't see the whole thing, uh, and if you want to see the whole thing, then you have to pay. So it's really to tease the customers to almost the extreme limit. You you can see your objects of desire, the book itself, for as long as you want, but can't have it. And if you really want it, then you have to buy it. It's quite an extreme marketing technique. So for us, exploiting this technique till the end, I mean, till the stage where you get the whole book was in a way uh, uh, stretching it to the very end. And then having the text, which is the original text, with all the pictures, unfortunately, but re-embodying it in new, I mean, making a nice PDF for that, not just the, the whole text, and re-embodying it, reprinting it again as a book, creates another kind of hybrid, in this case less visionary but more conceptual. Yeah. Um, I think as well that indeed I mean, there 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 are certain sectors uh, in hacktivism which deals with publishing, which quite radically think that everything should be just scanned and shared. Um, I'm not sure if I, my, uh, I me myself, I, I share this vision totally mm-hmm. because I'm also publishing a magazine, so. Uh, this vision that y- you should crowdfunding as the only business model uh, I'm a bit resistant because it would mean that you would be popular or that you would rely all the time to the same people and for me the f- one of the fascination of publishing is that you can reach people y- you would never imagine it you would reach uh, because of distribution, because of your own networking, because of many and this is nice. It's not that you are serving the usual uh, uh, audience as a kind of a elite restaurant, if uh, if, you, uh, if if I can express it so a, a bit rudely. Um, so for me, um, it's also interesting how you, uh, uh, from an activist point of view these publishing practices could be exploited in the end or made free. It's quite easy to make a parallel to what happened to music ten years ago, uh, almost ten years ago. And I think that, again, all these are open questions. There's no clear answer. And I personally should be uh, ready that somebody could just scan what I do and make it for free and eventually also uh, stop to publish it because there would be no revenues in selling it I should be ready and even open to it because I would then think about something different and that's the beauty for me uh, of, of this post digital process that it's a great moment of change and of mutation so whatever will happen it would be, anyway, a significant moment, and it's worth to be part of it on different sides. Also, the the artistic view, which gives me, the, when when I was engaged with this project, the freedom of uh, engage conceptually with that, but also the um, pragmatic production side, which also gives some some knowledge with. Which can deal with the artistic one. Just want to add that Face to Facebook has also uh, a, a couple of elements uh, when we talk about publishing. The first was a very technical one, which was applied, but it's not about what it's about photography to the uh, pictures we shown in the in the uh, installation, uh, which is a specific type of um, photographic paper which is called the silk paper, which which used to be, or oh, it's very similar to the kind of photographic paper that used to be used for passport pictures. So anyway, reinforcing the whole um, concept of the artwork, which is about identity, of course, and the steering of identity. And the other thing was the media reaction, which was overwhelming for us. We got. 1,100 1, 100, uh, uh, media reactions in one month about the project. Um, and th- that m- m- triggered us to reflect about how a news can be so viral. Mm-hmm. How we constructed something which uh, jokingly for us was the perfect mm-hmm. news because every media was eager to yeah, just yeah, yeah. publish it. And again, uh, this connects somehow to how the news are constructed, consumed, and what's the role of the printed news, which is different from the role uh, um, from the role of the digital news, from the role of the, uh, even the role of the news you read on your computer or tablet, and the role of the news you read just briefly as titles on your mobile phone, and so on. I mean, again, there in this case, there are dichotomies still but there are also many points of contact. And in the case of this project, uh, it was nice how to uh, see back how every uh, media treated properly, but talking about the same thing. We even uh, um, discovered something, which is another kind of hybrid, which are uh, the fake blogs. Which are self generated, but are perfect and very well uh, indexed by search engines. And we discovered that what they do is taking an article from an whatever other uh, official blog or media and using um, a synonym dictionary in order to change the text. So the text is quite hilarious to read it, but it still somehow makes sense. And search engines are taking it as a good one because they're not u- not as skilled as human mm-hmm. to judge it. So again, that for me was the peak um, in this huge mass media reaction to connect and the perfect connection then with, um, with the post-digital print concept. Yeah.
0: So final question. Um, you talk about the importance of making use of network for independent publishing, um, subversive actions and avant-garde forms of publishing, both offline, uh, for example in your book you mentioned the Mail Art Network, and also now online and global digital publishing projects. But what are your thoughts on the fact that many, if not most, self-publishing these days works via commercial entities such as Lulu.com or Amazon's Kindle Direct Publishing? Um, Furthermore, much of the promotion and networking, like you were talking about also with this uh, viral news uh, media, Uh, so a lot of the promotion and networking of these kinds of projects takes place via sites such as Google, Facebook and Twitter. Um, So are we able to create independent networks and network effects that stay clear from these what can be seen as kind of intruding entities or parasites even to this ideology of the specific ideology of connectivity that you embrace?
1: Well, actually, in the trilogy, our strategy for all the three projects, another element which was shared, was to be parasites of those big Mm -hmm. online networks. So uh, if we talk about Google, Facebook, and Twitter, for me, the best strategy is not to be out of them, Mm -hmm. but to parasite them as much as possible. and about networks, which is a, a key element, especially for independent publishing. Well, Lulu.com is the most popular print-on-demand platform. And also the Kindle Direct Publishing is uh, quite well uh, received. And they are commercial entities, of course. But Lulu, I mean, it's a business, it's not directly dealing with the content somehow. They are just happy if you use them and give them some money. Amazon, is trickier because um, they are not just providing the platform, but they are really interested in the content and they are really interested in uh, using what you create in every conceivable way to squeeze some money from somebody else. Uh, So I would make, uh, I think this distinction is important. But the main problem is that there's no uh, it's not a reclaim but a reappropriation of the means of production in the digital world for publishing. So we don't have an easy to use we don't have so to say if we would make a parallel with the 70s and the 80s we don't have the Xerx machine for digital so we have means I mean there are lots of uh, projects and efforts of new publishing of course uh, spent lots of energies to create independent um, infrastructures and free infrastructures and radical infrastructures for digital publishing but still the main problem is about being then very popular, like copy machines were in the 80s, like a mimeograph was in the 60s, for in certain circles, and I can go on with examples. Um, like floppy disk could have been, or hypercard could have been. So we are still missing the mean that would trigger both the production and the sharing That's why the network dimension is essential. Because we would absolutely need a network of persons to develop infrastructures which would be in distribution, which would be both digital and physical, to compete and I mean to to make the best of publishing projects work. And furthermore and even more important we will need an independent and we will need a network of people to develop independent software means that would be then the, let's use this uh, Californian ideology term the killer application <laughs> for radical publishing which we are still waiting for so the cerx machine for digital publishing um, I think this is very important then when we will have that Something that would allow people to create hybrid publishing objects and to distribute them in whatever form uh, they would they would want to, they would figure out to, then parasiting Google, Facebook, Twitter, Google, whoever will be active would be just a matter of reinforcing this idea that's my opinion
0: thank you very much you are listening to culture machine live a podcast series dedicated to discussions of culture and theory to find out more about the open access electronic journal culture machine visit www.culturemachine.net